I'm among those who breathed a sigh of relief when Derek Chauvin was found guilty of the murder of George Floyd. I'm sure there will be appeals, but for now we can hope that when police officers act badly, they will be held to account. My sense of relief is tempered, however, by the reality that this verdict hinged on a, on a, a bystander video that demonstrated that the initial and official police account was at best misleading and at worst fraudulent. My sense of relief is tempered by even more deaths by police shootings during the time when the trial was underway and more mass shootings and heartbreaking stories of local deaths by gun violence. Thursday a week ago saw four shootings in southeast in one day, including a 15-year-old boy, a young man walking home from Chipotle with dinner for his family. Police reforms are important, but let us not forget the pandemic of gun violence in our country and pray that leaders can find the will to take measures to address it. I would also like police officers to receive public praise for the many good decisions they make on a daily basis for the communities they are sworn to protect and serve. Our vestry had a conversation about new power. New power as defined by Henry Timms, currently director of the Lincoln Centre and also the founder of what we know as Giving Tuesday. He and his friend and collaborator Jeremy Hymans have written this in the Harvard Business Review. Old power works like currency. It is held by a few and once gained it is jealously guarded and the powerful have a substantial store of it to spend. It is closed, inaccessible and leader driven. Old power downloads and captures. New power operates differently. Like a current, it is made by many. It is open, participatory and peer driven. It uploads and distributes like water or electricity it is most powerful when it surges. The goal with new power is not to hoard it, but to channel it. The death of George Floyd created a massive movement across this country and around the world demanding change. And that movement is a great example of new power. Hold that thought. Hold that thought while we turn to our story from Acts. In the name of Jesus, Peter and John had healed a beggar, a beggar who was lying pitifully at the door of the temple. And once healed, he was a new man, leaping and walking and praising God. And then a crowd had gathered and Peter and John preached Jesus' resurrection. And this wonderful news gave what you would think would be wonderful news, but it gave rise to fear, fear on the part of the religious authorities. And as the author of Acts tells it, the priests and the captain of the temple god and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed, we're told, because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming Jesus' resurrection from the, jet, from the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Our story today, our passage from today, picks up the story here, with Peter and John being interrogated by all the temple higher-ups. And what is the question that reveals their concern? 
they ask this. By what power or by what name did you do this? Where did you get this power and who authorised you? That's what they're asking. Where did you get this power and who authorised you? One reading of what is going on here is that temple authorities enjoyed their power and prominence and were threatened by a new power movement of the Holy Spirit, which was spreading faster than they or anyone could manage. The book of Acts is by no means anti-institutional, and that's important when we start thinking about old power and new power. It's not out with the old and in with the new. The book of Acts is by no means anti-institutional. Peter and John were actually headed to the temple for prayers when they healed the beggar. Back in Acts chapter 2, we learned that the very earliest Christian community brought into being at Pentecost was organised, organised at least in some measure. They studied scripture together, they shared possessions, they took care of the needy among them, they met in the temple courts, and they shared what was to become known as Eucharist in their homes. Tom Long is a well-known preacher and emeritus faculty, a faculty member emeritus of the Candler School of Theology at Emory University in Atlanta, and he puts it this way. Whenever political or religious authorities set themselves up as the only legitimate broker of, of what people need, and then they defend that authority, inevitably the Holy Spirit will break down those structures. We might pause for a minute to note that some Christians over the centuries have att attempted to use the final line of today's reading to consolidate their own power over and against others. There is salvation in no one else, we are told, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. But Peter is not trying to be exclusive here. Peter is not trying to be over against all the other options. Peter is the one who will declare uh, later on in Acts that God shows no partiality, that God does not have favourites. Peter is not meaning to sow seeds of discord here, but rather to be clear that there is no other name by which we can be saved, meaning, again in the words of Tom Long, no human channel that can make exclusive claim to religious power, no denomination, no one theology, no sect, no franchise on the power of the Holy Spirit. So old power is being challenged by the movement of the Spirit in this story, just as we might see happening in the way Black Lives Matter movement took off in protest against example after example of police brutality and especially brutal treatment of black citizens. Hymans and Tims cite many examples of new power, new power movements, and they note how some aspects of old power easily falter without some measure of uh, how, how many movements of new power easily falter without some measure of uh, institutional or old power concern. Think about the Occupy movements of a few years ago. This is not out with the old and in with the new, but rather about recognising what is going on in the world and being in conversation with it, and being aligned with it perhaps. They cite many examples of a kind of spectrum, with Apple being old power, in that they decide what we need and they sell it to us. Google being more like new power, where they harness the crowd and sell the data they collect. Our church, we, are essentially an old power institution, with the seminary trained like me dispensing wisdom from pulpits, 
described as being 12 feet above contradiction and clergy keeping a tight rein on who can celebrate and administer the sacraments. In the Tim's world of new power, we would do well to loosen up, find ways to pursue our agenda, which is the proclamation of good news for all people, and do it in the terms of the crowd, to take our agenda and do it and our message and, 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 and speak it uh, in the terms of the, of the crowd. We don't know exactly what that will look like, but it's worth pursuing and thinking about even as we consider, as even as we continue in, to gather in ways that are meaningful and make sense to us. Old power, incidentally, would say, Jeffrey, please tell us what this will look like. Can we not sense the Holy Spirit at work, calling us to quit worrying about getting more people in our pews and to align with or even create a movement I think our presiding bishop gets this when he calls us the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement. With a sense of immediacy, sense of purpose, sense of intensity for some such mission, we can reasonably expect traditional communities like ours to attract many new people along the way. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to old power, rulers of the people and elders, let it be known to you that this man is standing before you, this man who was begging by the temple gates, is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Do not fear new power, but seek alignment with it, that you too might be saved. I offer this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.